What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Fin Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Aletti Jr. If this is your first time here on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And guys, I've been meaning to have a host or a guest on the podcast for quite some time now. Also, I've just been meaning to become more consistent with making these podcasts. Um, and so I decided to have on Reason. Um, he is a guy that I have been in constant communication with for a while now, just asking him questions, listening to him on the Patreon, on his channel, his podcasts, and he's a guy that, you know, I've, I've vouched for on the podcast many times about like, if you want inside information, listen to what he has to say, cause he's right. You know, I don't know who his source is in the building, but he's right like 98% of the time. And so... You know, when the Brian Flores firing happened, I wasn't shocked why it happened because of people like him who had been keeping me informed um, of, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. And so, you know, I decided to have him on the podcast because, you know, I, I, I needed him to kind of tell you guys the stories he heard. If you haven't heard them already, I want him to tell you guys the story he's heard, what he was what he's been telling me behind the scenes, how he feels about the Brian Flores firing. Um, and it was a really good conversation that you guys are in uh, uh, in for a treat with this one. So, you know, we talk about that. We talk about potential coaching hires. We talk about, like, why, again, he, he believes that you should listen to his sources because, you know, again, like, if for someone like him, when, when he's doing stuff like this, he has a lot to lose and... Really nothing to gain aside from trying to help people out. So you guys are going to enjoy this one, but without further ado, I'll shut up. Here's host of Finside the NFL, The Finish Line, and Fin Too Deep, Reason. All right, guys, we are joined by host of Finside the NFL, Fin Too Deep, and The Finish Line. Reason, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Uh, pleasure to be back again for a second time. All right, so let's get into this. I don't know if you heard, but the Dolphins fired Brian Flores. Um, it's kind of been a big topic of conversation. I'm joking, clearly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so I guess I, I think everyone for the most part was, sh I think everyone had the same reaction. We all woke up and were kind of like, damn, like Stephen Ross actually fired Brian Flores. But I think there was a large portion of people, myself included, that, based off listening to guys like you and Big O and, and talking with you guys behind the scenes about like kind of what was going on on Patreon and stuff like that. I don't think that a lot of locals were surprised why it happened. It was more so everyone was kind of like, damn, Stephen Ross actually did fire him. So just like, I guess just real quick, like what were your thoughts on the firing, knowing what you know about the real Brian Flores behind the scenes and, you know, for, for the listeners, can you just share, you know, some stories and insight on what this guy was like and what you think led Stephen Ross to make this decision? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess I was shocked, but I wasn't in terms of, you know, I mean, I've been saying on my podcast, I mean, I, I, I said, you know, I'm fine with this guy coming back for another year, but I feel like we're staring down the barrel of he's gone next year with Greer. Like I'm most shocked that Greer, didn't didn't get the axe but when, when you know uh, you know you start one and seven it's your third 
slow start in a row. Um, you know, you're pushing the Watson narrative. So you want to go get a quarterback that's potentially not going to be starting for you day one next year. You haven't showed the competence, the competence to build an offensive line, a running game, a proper deep receiving corpse, and generally an offensive coaching staff. And in general, just an offense. Yet we're supposed to believe that a guy's going to come in here potentially. He might miss four, six, eight games, but we're supposed to believe you're going to, you know, you're going to find a quarterback that's an upgrade at backup more than Jacoby Brissett. You're going to fix the offense and we're at least going to go 500 if if we don't have Watson. Like this guy was just, you know, he was becoming his own worst enemy just with his football decisions. I mean, you know, if he would have made the wrong choice and not got all that stuff correct, he could have been staring down a one and five, one and four, one and seven start again, even with Deshaun Watson on the roster. It's just Deshaun Watson suspended. Like, and I just don't even think he had that kind of foresight. When you talk about the person this guy is, um, you know, I, I was really high on Brian Flores over after, you know, the first two seasons. And then last off season, when I really started getting plugged in with people in the know, and I really started talking to people. And at the same time, when I started talking to people, I started hearing stories about Brian Flores, the person, like, um, you know, the lists of things reporters were not allowed to talk about was made very clear. Um, you know, he was very standoffish, very stubborn. I was told by multiple people, he's not the same people person people are seeing in the media availabilities and in the zoom sessions. And then I started hearing like individual stories. So like in, in regards to two, everyone, you know, I'm sure they've heard the story now about the PED thing. I mean, I stand by that 110%. I, you know, I was told by someone, you know, in to his camp, four times over four months from March, 2021, all the way to June, 2021. So once a month and the belief if I was told was, okay, you know, that he, first of all, he passed all of them. Second of all, the belief I was told was that Flores influenced it. Now people are trying to spin that in terms of, Oh, I said, you know, Flores made a piss in a cup. No, 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 no. Think about this. And, and this, I'm not even saying what they told me, but when, when I hear someone say, you know, they think he influenced it. This is how I perceive that when I was told this by that person. That, you know, if I know, know people in the NFLPA, you know, if I know people, the right people in offices, all I got to do is make a phone call. That's all I got to do. I got to make a phone call. And, you know, like the, one of the first persons I told when I learned this information back in, I want to say, end of June, early July, was Richmond Webb. And Richmond Webb's response to me was, wow, he really wants to get rid of the kid that bad. And... You know, and Richmond knows the exact source this came from. Multiple people do behind the scenes know exactly who that source is. And I will stand by that story because it, I have receipts and I trust the person that told me this very much. And if everyone found out, they would have a lot of reason to trust the person that told me this. And then, you know, I started hearing things with other players, you know, like, uh, you know, you go back to last season, this is a guy who, when he made the change to Tua Tagovailoa from Ryan Fitzpatrick, he didn't include Chan Gailey in the meeting. Chan Gailey did not find out that Tua Tagovailoa was a starting quarterback until he found out through the media. Okay, and that's your OC. It's like you you see those movements, so they raise red flags. You know, if people remember famously, he said he had a lunch with Tua Tagovailoa, um, and it was in the midst of all the Watson stuff, and Lies. he said he was. And he said he was transparent and all that stuff. You know, I heard directly from, again, someone connected to his camp. That never happened. 
you know, that was a lie, you know, and, you know, and even beyond Tua, there was stuff, you know, like, obviously I heard after the Tennessee game that him and uh, Tua, you know, I see people were trying to, when Tua got fired, there was people saying, oh, I heard about, you know, a Tua thing. But if you go back to Monday on Finside the NFL, the day after Tennessee, I told everyone that a player and coach had an intense argument and spat post game i didn't mention the player and and the coach until when brian flores got fired in the first bit of my fin side the nfl episode when i went live i told everyone the exact story and the story was you know they got into a very heated discussion to a snapped on him i was even told because the reason why i didn't tell people when i heard this on monday was because a it was fresh and b as much as people may not want to believe this that came from a player like that did not come. That came from someone inside the locker room. So I wasn't going to put it out there right away. Right. So I had to hold on to that. And, you know, and people might think I'm a YouTube guy, but I tell people, listen, you got 5,000 subscribers, 10,000 subscribers, 20,000 subscribers. It don't matter. All it takes is the right person or people to listen to you, like your content, cre- create, establish a relationship with you and you're off to the races. Like people honestly don't realize it, it boggles my mind. So, and then I heard the week of the saints game that um, someone high up into his camp got into a heated exchange openly, an open heated exchange with a high ranking dolphins exec. Now I can speculate on who I think it is. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to do that. I mean, we can talk about that privately who I think it was. I don't know. I wasn't told exactly who it was, but you know, it, 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 it all stems from how two has been treated with this Watson stuff and with Brian Flores. And then when you go beyond Watson and, and Tua, Xavier Howard. Okay. Like Xavier Howard was treated like crap. Like hated, hated Flores. Hated Flores. No, even Ogney was, was drafted to be his replacement. He was the literal cog of the defensive wheel. They didn't want to pay him and they let him know directly him and his agent that they didn't want to pay him. Then I heard X was trying to sit down and they were trying to work out incentives and they didn't want to have nothing of it. And then X knows the business. They put Noah out there. Noah was getting roasted like <laughs> a rotisserie chicken. And they said, Hey, we got to come back to the, to, to the table because what their plan was Noah, sorry, Noah replaces X Jalen is drafted. He increases the pass rush so that, you know, that deduces the, you know, that takes away from the amount of time quarterbacks are going to have to throw against them. And then Javon Holland, he makes up for the ball production. Those three players were supposed to make up for what Xavier Howard brought. And when you got to get three players to make it for one player, what are you doing right. with your life? And, you know, I was told that vets were in the locker room and they were watching that very closely because the belief was, and I reported this is all public knowledge on my channel and on my Patreon. Right. So, so you know, now that people are hearing these stories, I mean, I was talking about this stuff in the summer, but you know, the, the I was told that the vets were, were looking at this situation sideways because they believed internally in the locker room that Brian Flores was really, and I mean, we heard how he's been handling rookies, and I guess I mean that tells you this might've even been off, but the belief was he was much easier on the guys that were rookies and new to the NFL because they were easier to push around because they haven't figured out the business yet. They hadn't figured out the money side of it and how much power the players actually have. And then, you know, you go look at the 
coaching staff website, you know, the coaching staff landing page on the Dolphins roster with Brian Flores. And they're all guys who are their first tenure in the NFL is under Brian Flores or their second chance is under Brian Flores. Like all guys who are easy to push around as coaches are in place too. And it's like, this guy, from the moment, you know, people talk about Jim Call. I always say to people, you know, people talk about the offensive coordinators, but they always forget Jim Caldwell for some reason when they list them all. And, you know, it's, if you actually do the math, like, you know, Jim Caldwell, Chad O'Shea, you know, people always say four, but it's actually five, right? You know, so. Um, if you want to include Charlie Fry in there. Exactly, yeah, I know, eh, right? So, you know, I heard when I started, like, link you know linking up with people getting to know people in the know the Jim Caldwell situation was always something that intrigued me because I was like okay you know I know he's trying to come back into coaching now but if people remembered he announced like a couple months after he left he was ready to come back into coaching and we offered him his position back and he turned us down mm-hmm. and so I always like inquired about that and it, it you know I was always implied to that it was an alpha on alpha thing and you know Flores always had a a security issue. He was insecure with his standing and his positioning. And he viewed a guy like Jim Caldwell as a threat. I mean, you know, just, I started turning on floors in the summer. Mm. And then during the losing streak, obviously I was on my channel being like, yo, we got, we got, we got, we got to look at this and really start exploring this. And, you know, you go and you find out they were talking about Harbaugh internally, during our losing streak, you know, this is something that has clearly been building and been in play for quite some time. And I mean, if people want to go back on my channel, there's an episode, <clears throat> pardon me. It's the day where Jason Lack and Fora, who I've defended so hard over the last year, cause he's been so spot on dolphin fans just haven't wanted to hear it. I don't know. And I've said, I don't know who he has in the building, but that guy is as plugged as it gets. And you know, it was that you remember when Jason Lockenforn dropped that article that Flores was on the hot seat? Oh yeah, and everyone and I, I think you <laughs> and he didn't want Herbert too. too. And oh he didn't, yeah, you he had, didn't um, want Tua. He wanted Herbert. And you stuff. had I think you had Clump on. You guys all kind of like talked about it, saying like this. I remember because I was listening live. Clump when didn't come on till later in in the show. But I was dropping a bunch of truth yep. bombs about what I was hearing behind the scenes. And people were like, saying it was just clickbait. You were yeah. just clowning. Yeah. I was and like, now um, all that stuff has come out from like Barry Jackson and all these guys. And right. it's like, you know, this, that's why I backed Jason Lockett for. And I told everyone, remember I was coining the phrase. Remember I was saying it was because I know you were watching me back then. It's all not sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Like yeah. these people think it is. I kept saying this to people, and people were like, oh, you know, he's the best coach we've had since Shula, and <laughs> da, 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 da. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm telling you, it's not like this. And now people are – that's why people are so shocked. And what kind of bothers me is if people step back and you realize Brian Flores is not a good head coach right now. He is a glorified defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. He cannot get personnel on the offensive side of the ball right. He cannot get – um, the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, right? Special teams regressed this year when it was one of the best units in the league last year. And if you actually look at it, Jason Sanders on average cost us about, if you even it out, he cost us about a point and a half a game when you all break it down. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at this offense, you look at his people skills. Okay. Yeah. We won seven in a row, but guess what? We started off and we won eight of our last nine, but we started off one and seven 
And okay, a lot of that can be attributed to Brian Flores. Sure, to a mistimed and, and he should shoulder some blame. But Jacoby was Flores' guy, and Jacoby fell flat on his face. Yeah. Um, this guy, can I swear on here? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. This guy got outcoached by Urban fucking Meyer in the final moments when it counted against Jacksonville, and that was one of the few games this season, remember, Brian Flores is a defensive guru, where Trevor Lawrence looked legitimately like a number one overall pick. Okay, you know, you look at the Atlanta game. People want to put that on Tua's shoulder. Guess what? Tua had one of the best fourth quarters of any quarterback this year and the best fourth quarter of his career. He he made up for his mistakes, and you know what he did? He left the field with the lead. He said, here, Brian, you're the defensive genius. And for the second week in a row, his defense couldn't get the stop, and they gave up the winning field goal. So, and if we would have won those two games alone, Oh, we're sitting pretty right now. We are not even the seventh seed right now. We are 11 wins. We are, we, we, what 11 wins. Where would we sit? We'd be like fourth or fifth right now. Let's see. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like there is legitimate, as much as people want to blame Tua here. First of all, Tua is the only quarterback he has a winning record with. So let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's who, who was holding who back. Okay. All right. And number two, when you look at this and you encompass this whole thing, listen. I don't trust Brian Flores to make a decision on Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah. If Mike McDaniel wants to come in, if even though I don't want him as much as Mike McDaniel by any stretch, if Brian Dabble comes in, if Jim Harbaugh comes in, if Jim Caldwell comes in, if one of these – hell, if Dan Quinn, who had enough – a defensive guy who had enough – foresight to hire Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator has always been able to build the staff. If these guys come in and say, you know what? Two is not the guy. And, and I got to go this direction. I would 110% support what they said. Dan Quinn, not as much as the other guys, but I would 110% support what they, what those first four said. Okay. But if they also on the flip side said Tua is the guy and I can build with them, I 110% support what they decide because the thing is, Flores and the staff he had in place and the evaluators on the offensive side of the football he had in place were not qualified, in my opinion, to make a decision on any quarterback being in that position. No, not, yeah, and I think that's a big reason. I was going to talk about that, but I think that's a huge, huge thing that they are going to be looking at in a head coach, I did a, a podcast episode talking about what I want from the new head coach and what I think they're going to be looking for. And I truly believe Ross said it. And a bunch of people think it's like, you know, him trying to, you know, lie about it or beat around the bush. I think he truly is like the next head coach will be the one deciding about yeah, Tua. just like, you know, this is why I, I know you say, and I've said, I've been so like furious with the national media's, excuse i don't know where they're getting their info from that like flores got fired because he didn't want Tua. like flores was not the only guy that was okay moving off of Tua. like greer and ross were both fine signing or, or trading for deshaun watson ross a little less because of the allegations but to think that like look flores did not like Tua, but to think that flores got fired because he was ready to move off Tua, that, that wasn't the issue 
And in their new head coach, you can bet your ass that they are going to make sure that whatever guy they bring in has say and they can trust his say. Because guess what? If Brian Flores says, I don't like Tua, I can look at him and say, you're the same guy that thinks Jesse Davis is the best option at right tackle for 17 games to protect our young franchise quarterback. You've had six offensive coordinators because I count Charlie Fry. You've had six offensive coordinators. I can't trust you. If Jim Caldwell or Jim Harbaugh or hell, like, again, as you said, Mike McDaniel, someone like that comes in and says, two is not the guy. Okay. Well, thank you. Now we know because if a new head coach who didn't draft this guy is willing to work with him or not, and he has that offensive cachet where you can trust him, like that's the decision you want to make, not off of a guy who already has an agenda because he hasn't liked Tua from jump, right? Um, And, uh, you know, going off of just real quick, I want to comment on the Atlanta game because you talked about it. To all those out there that are like putting that on Tua, like I understand Tua didn't have a good game at first, Dude, but for like 291, four touchdowns bro, and two picks. Come bro, on, that's bro. My, that's my thing is like, I'm like, okay, if a quarterback at first doesn't have a good game, wh- how is he supposed to show you that he can overcome? Is he supposed to play bad the whole game? Dude, like, he left the field with the lead. Like he exactly. literally left the field. He brought you the lead back. What else did you want him to do? Right. Like, is he supposed to go out there and play bad for four quarters and that's going to prove to you that he's good? No. Dude, he it's not his fault that... It's not his fault that Brian Flores' defense that's built to be predominantly man decided to run zone and give Kyle Pitts the middle of the field and Matt Ryan's going to make those throws. Like, this is a guy who was a former league MVP. Like, let's stop right here for a second. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, come on. He literally left the field and said, here, Brian, you're the defensive genius. Go finish it off. And could he? No. No. And, and here's another thing, and I don't really know – you know, I don't really know why this – I've completely seen a split. Like, you see national media kind of being pro-Flores, right, especially, like, with people like PFT, with Mike Florio and Chris Sims. Obviously, they're, like, pro-Flores. And I have my own thoughts on 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 that in general, which we can, we can talk about a little. But you have them, and then you have the local media, like, people like you and stuff that knew about Flores that are pro – not pro team, but kind of like understand it. But my confusion is like, I'm tired of people like acting like Flores got fired because he was like, I think the phrase they're all using is like, he was tough on players. Like Flores didn't get fired because he was tough on players. Like no. news, news. I don't, I don't want to listen. This is where I stopped the buck on that. Tua Tungvaloa came up under one of the toughest coaches on any level, Nick Saban. Right. Okay. A guy who expects greatness, and guess what? That guy actually delivers greatness, all right? And no, it was like, this is, this is where I stopped the buck on this one. It's like, no, it's like, so you're telling me he could take Saban, but, but Flores is, is a more tough love than Saban? No, man, this is what I talk about. Let, let me talk about this, and I, this is going to be on Finn too deep, too. So, you know, Bullygate, right? For example, Bullygate. Did you know not a lot of the local media are the ones who reported on Bullygate? That was the national media because someone leaked it. We all know Jonathan Martin probably did that, but someone leaked it to the national media. But what does that tell you when local media wasn't reporting it, but national media blew it up? And then in this case, local media is blowing it up and national isn't. 
that tells you that local media saw the Flores stuff firsthand in action, yet they didn't see Bullygate firsthand in action until like the, the, the text got leaked. You know what I mean? So that tells you they were seeing, they weren't seeing, um, you know, they weren't seeing Richie Incognito, you know, bully Jonathan Martin in front of them. And these guys were in the locker room after games and such. They weren't and at, at practices. They weren't seeing it firsthand. But yet Flores stuff, they were not only hearing it, but they were clearly seeing it firsthand. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to Omar Kelly. I love Omar Kelly. Um, the guy's been so great to me. And, you know, Brian Flores treated Omar Kelly like shit. Like, yeah. you know, he treated... And Omar Kelly, listen, people can say what they want about that guy. First of all, he's a great dude when you get to know him. I've second of a all, lot of respect for Omar the last year. Really. Second of all, Omar, don't hate him because he just he tells you how it is and how he feels. You know, you might not always agree with how he feels or his opinion, but he's just trying to keep it as a, as a 110 as he possibly can. Like, and you look at this, and that's why Flores hated him because Flores knew. Like, you know, Flores didn't like players being close to to Omar Kelly. You know, that whole DB room, Omar Kelly's close to all the, like, the guy loves the trenches, but he's close to the DB room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Flores doesn't like that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sitting here like, who cares? Like, it's so trivial. And it's like, this guy's walking around here. And, and what's funny is when he got, before he got fired, I said to my, one of my good friends, EM, I said, we had a private conversation. I said, you know what? And it's funny because it turned into this and I got to take some responsibility because I put my stories out there. I said, when this guy gets fired, we're going to hear Matt Patricia stories come out. I said, we are going to see Matt Patricia 2.0. And lo and behold, that's exactly what's unfolding because we got another guy who he came here with a, a, an equal as big or bigger than the guy he came from under, which was Belichick. And yet he ain't, he wasn't the one who won shit. It was Brady and Belichick who won it. Okay. You ain't won nothing as a head coach, but you're coming out in here. Like your, your, your shit don't stink. You can't, you can't conduct yourself like this. Like, listen, you know, I'm the last person to talk about personal conduct. Cause there's people out here. I do not get along with and I let them know. I don't get along with it, but at least you can respect me for being honest and upfront. All right. This guy sounds like he was just, he was making business personal and the, the NFL is a business. And another thing, this is how bad of a businessman Brian Flores is. And people need to realize this. This guy had the notion that it was a good idea to go toe to toe with Chris Greer. Who's been in that organization for 20 years. He's outlasted guys like Chris, like Mike Tannenbaum, who's, who's one of, Ross is closest advisors ever. He's outlasted Jeff Ireland. He's outlasted all of these guys. But you thought you were going to be the unicorn that outlasts. Like, Chris Greer's got to know where the bodies are kept or he's got to have photos of, of Stephen Ross because this guy, he's bulletproof as far as I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. The guy's clearly bulletproof. But Brian Flores thought it was a good business decision to go toe to toe, do people want someone like that running your team who thinks, who, who who can't make simple little obvious business decisions like that? Like, like it, it's like, come on, man. You know, like it's. I remember last summer I reported 
that I heard he wanted Chris Greer's job. He didn't want anyone to answer to. People were blowing up Omar and his threads saying, oh, I heard on Finside of the NFL that, you know, there's a power struggle, and I never even used the word power struggle. But then Barry Jackson comes out yesterday, and what does he say is going on? A yep. power struggle. He wanted he wanted Chris Greer's job. And I saw that like eight, nine months ago I was telling you all this. You know what I mean? But I don't – but I'm not plugged in, you know. Right. I'm not plugged. I'm not plugged in, but someone still can't tell me what's happening with Will Fuller. When I told everyone that I heard when he stepped away, he wanted to retire from football. Now you look at it. Does it not look like a guy who wants to retire from football and just didn't want to be here? Well, either that or he's suffering the worst finger injury known to mankind. Bro, J- J- <laughs> JPP blew blew fa- pieces of his fingers yeah. off, wrapped that bad boy up, and was out there playing in the trenches a couple weeks later. I'm a- and we all saw Russell Wilson's finger this year. Oh, yeah. And, and he got that fixed and went and started, had to throw a football. I ain't trying to hear it was real full. The guy didn't want to be here, man. And, you know, you, I'm sure you remember people tried to come at me for it. They're real quiet right now, aren't they? No, every, well, everyone's everyone's real quiet. And that's, I mean, that's really what happens. That's why it's better to just kind of, you know, I, I've at least learned or tried to, you know, when I hear something, whether it's, you know, a report or something, I try to reach out to people like you and say, yo, like, what's going on here because the last thing I want to do is just you know react how I want to react and be like oh no that's fake and stuff but it actually be real and then I look like the jackass in the long run so. well people got to realize brother why especially with the PED thing that's such a crazy story first of all why the hell who the hell would make that up second of all I know people are going to question it I know it because of, you know, people are going to question, you know, you've got people that you walk out, the, the sky is blue. They'll tell you it's purple. You know what I mean? So people question that a lot of stuff, but I get people are going to question stuff I put out there, but I'm starting to build a track record here. And it's like, Hey, I put the information out. You can do what you want of it, but sit back for a minute. Why would I put out that PED story that I know people are going to think is, even though I know where it comes from is legit. People are going to think is ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like, I, like you would people think I'm trying to openly, you know, try and kill my credibility. Like wh- what would I have to gain by putting out a false story like that? You know what I mean? Cause people are just going to think I'm a charlatan. So, I mean, like people need to stop and realize and sit back for a minute and think, okay, you know what? Maybe there is something to this. Cause what does at the end of the day, what do I don't get paid for telling you guys? Well, I mean, I get paid by you know Google and YouTube and Patreon, right. but I don't get paid for Twitter. I don't get paid for putting my tweets out and confirming yeah. things, or I'm not getting paid for that photo that that photo going around with all the information I put out on my show. That photo wasn't paying me. Right. So like, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here with, you know, I'm losing like six figures over here. Like, you know, people need to stop and realize for a sec that, dude, I'm just the messenger. That's all I am, man. And I will like, there's a ton of stuff I haven't put out and that I don't know if I'll ever put out, you know, you, people got to realize they don't hear everything from me, but they hear stuff from me that I know that I have res- receipts and I can verify and back if someone were to break into my house and put a gun to my head, you know what I mean? So, well, I said that on my podcast, I literally did a podcast episode. Um, I forget what happened, but uh, something happened where like, I forget if it was you or someone else was just getting attacked for something that you reported. And I came on here and I just told everyone like, be careful how you treat people who are 
like giving you Dolphins Twitter being you information because I'm like for me at least how I view it like when I see like you put a post or I'll reach out to you and be like hey this this and this and you'll tell me something like I'm grateful for that because like I I'm learning right I, that's information that I did not have and that's what really has always confused me with Dolphins Twitter is like we're mad you know why bro I'll tell you right now because they're under the forethought that oh we're just a bunch of people on Twitter like who's who's gonna who's gonna tell you the guy on Twitter what's going on when people don't realize like I said earlier man first of all I have my YouTube second of all I have other podcasts and like I said it doesn't matter if you have 10 listeners 100 listeners a thousand listeners 10,000 listeners all you need is the right person or a couple of people to listen to you reach out to you and say hey I like your content then you start talking to each other and then boom, you're in and you didn't even know you were in, but you're just in like people don't realize that, man. Like I'm telling you, man, like one of my, my guy who was feeding me that, that X stuff, man, dude, I, I, you saw it like, dude, I had emails telling me about X's ankle injury before it happened. Oh, I said, like, on, I said on the like, podcast, I was like, I know people who. And people still want to doubt me, Anthony. Like, that's what I'm sitting here. I'm like, what What do you more do you need? Like, I showed y'all literally an email telling me that X, it looks like X is going to come down with an ankle injury. Bro, I remember you gave detailed information about, like, what he wanted, and literally it's what he got. Like, no, like it's mind-blowing, bro. And, bro, people, you want to see me as just a guy on Twitter? That's cool. But realize the people that are telling me this stuff are not, dude. My main source, he's not even on Twitter, man. Like he's not even, he, he like he has a private little personal account, but he's not on Twitter like all these other people. He yeah. doesn't need to be. He's plugged in, man. His best friend is a special teams coordinator for a t for uh, for an NFL team. I mean, this guy was part has been partying with Dolphins players and in with Dolphin players since the '90s, bro. Like this guy is lo as locked in as it gets in Miami, like, and, and people don't know who he is. And I'm cool with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and his batting percentage is freaking out of this world. And the fact that he allows me to be his, I don't know, his, his voice in terms of getting out the info, I, I feel blessed. I feel honored and I appreciate it. And I've built, I consider him a good friend now. And you know what I mean? So when people sit out here, like, I don't take it personally. I know it comes with it, but it's like, sit back and think for a sec. Why the hell would I just put that stuff out there? Well, like, common, I've common got... Sense like, isn't, isn't easily like, 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 people could come and, like, I could get, you know, people trolling on my YouTube or I could lose subscribers if, you know, like, you know, and, and, and then people I saw, you know, first of all, PFN, all right? PFN, first of all, I had stories before Adam Beasley was dropping them last summer. I don't even got to get into details, but like I, I had stuff about X and the Tua Watson stuff before they did. And then they would drop an article like a week or two later talking about stuff I was talking about. Okay. And if we're going to go with PFN, last I checked, they're the ones during free agency that reported Chris Carson was coming to Miami. Where is Chris Carson? That last I checked, he's in Seattle. So Let's stop there because they were trying to say, oh, you know, well, Brian Flores. Well, listen, if you listen to my words, I said the belief is that he influenced the testing. Allah, he pulled some strings and some people he knows in some places. And it's just like this, you know, miss me with this 
random drug testing thing that they want to pass us. I mean, Anthony, you see it on Twitter. You're active. How many players have a great game? Then right after the game, they go on Twitter because they got a text message that they got selected for a random drug test the next yeah. day. Don't miss me with that, bro. Like, you know, we all saw the pictures on Twitter. People like, oh, well, he didn't look transformed. Well, his, you know, his trainer was on my channel and said, he got down to 10% body fat. Like we all saw the pictures, his arms and legs look way more jacked than what he looked by the end of the season. So they didn't believe the body transformation inside internally. And, you know, and like I told reported last, you know, Flores was stubborn. He was dug in and he wanted to get what he wanted and what he wanted was Watson. So he was trying to get the kid out of the building. I mean, I don't know what people want to want to say. I mean, you know, I've been told, you know, Dude, you want to know this? Okay, so I knew Tua was golfing while he was on IR. <laughs> That's how ready I knew he was to go. Dude. Like, shout out to Alf from Three Yards Per Carry. He told me, um, and I believe he's reported this publicly, so I'll put it out there, that, uh, you know, Tua was telling people privately that he was good to go for the Colts game. It, it, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if you know, but I, I've heard maybe it's a rumor. I don't know if it's just that if you know anything about it. But I've heard that a big reason why he did not start in certain games and did not start for the Ravens was a punishment for yeah. going out and almost like in Brian Flores' mind disrespecting him. Yeah, because because he knew it's the same reason why he benched Preston Williams when his agent came out and said – Hey, my client's ready to go. They pulled his agent and said, delete that tweet. Get rid of that. We don't want you telling anyone anything. Just focus on, on your, on your, on your client's money. They, he would, okay. He, from what I understand, that was part of that punishment was because they knew Tua was telling people he's ready to go. Wow. And this is the same people that, that or this is the same guy that people are saying, you know, he knew what it took to win. He was a guy that came to Miami and unlike the past coaches, he only cared about winning. Dude didn't care about like, like that's another thing you talked about. He was willing to put his his pride and his ego over first. And and thank God, like our defense kind of showed up and Tua came in because that's the funny thing is like most situations where like he tried to do some shit like that, like in the Ravens game, like Tua came in and just like embarrassed him. He's like, I like, you know how bad of a look that was, at least in my eyes, how bad of a look that was where I was like, wait, like I want people that you got people out here expecting this kid to flourish. And I admit he was underwhelming, um, you know, from the jets uh, to the Titans game, especially in the Titans game was his worst sure. game of his career. I agree. He was playing his way out of Miami. If you want my honest opinion in those three games, but, and what kills me, Anthony, is you look at how they ran our offense against the Patriots. That's why are you trotting the game plan you should have had for Tennessee out on the field. I, I live tweeted that. I said, you know I what said, I mean? Why, like, I this said, is why are crazy, we running this right now? If like, this is, ret- I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is- and people wanted to argue us about the, about, you know, cause I know I'm probably, I'll assume you're on my side. People want to argue us that it was an issue that we didn't do in game adjustments in our game plan to Tennessee. And we kept pushing the ball down the field. But I mean, you know, this this is just this has been such a disaster. And I don't I don't think he sabotaged. I don't like to use that word because if anyone found out you purposely sabotaged, you'd never coach in this league again. Like I'm surprised he's getting jobs offer head coach offers because I'm hearing uh, the Giants right now 
I'm hearing actually the Giants uh, are looking into him and Rick Smith because Rick Smith was the guy who drafted Deshaun Watson. I heard that last night, and also, yeah, what's what's he gonna what's he gonna do there? If you had an issue with Tua, I mean, my yeah. God. You got the fifth and the seventh pick too, right? So yeah, I know with with Daniel Jones. If you didn't like Tua, enjoy Daniel Jones, man. Also, Perhaps I heard. Um, I know. Well, I don't know if this is actually happening, but people were talking about the Bears. I know they're the first people that interviewed or wanting to interview for him. Good luck with your young quarterback, Justin. Dude, Fields. their their offense and their offensive line was already an issue. Yeah, I mean, one of my student, one of my one of, one of my good friends is a Bears fan. And he hit me up. He said, please tell me Brian Flores isn't coming in here to ruin Justin Fields. And I said, bro, defense with a lackluster offense. It'd be the exact same thing. But but how were kids, how were people expecting this kid to flourish? And again, like I said, you know, he was his own worst enemy at times. I get that. But with a bad offensive line, when you take away Waddle, Gasecki was not was basically a disappearing act since the Ravens game. Um, no, no consistent running game. And the best was guys you got off, you know, you got off the waiver wire by the end of the season and you had a coach and a staff that clearly didn't believe in you. Like my whole thing is whoever comes in here, you know, um, I don't want to lose Gerald Alexander and I'd be okay with whoever came in here if they wanted to keep uh Boyer right. in charge, but whoever comes in here, man, you know, whether if it's an offensive guru don't give me the offensive version of Brian Flores. I need someone who's going to coach all three phases of the fo- of football. And to be honest with you, I prefer a vet. But if we're going to go, yeah, if we're going to go with new guy, uh, I'm so infatuated. I loved him last year. I wanted him or Pep Hamilton uh, as our OC last year. But Mike McDaniel, uh, I am just this kid is a genius. I think you would be getting ahead of the offensive curve. You know, I think he would build our offensive line and our run game big time. And if he got brought in a Vic Fangio or he brought in or he kept Boyer or he brought in someone that could keep that defense intact and, and not sw- have to switch up personnel and turn over personnel, right. I think we could hit the ground running. I, I really do. And, you know, if you like I said, if you bring in a Caldwell or a Harbaugh or McDaniel, man, if they say to us, two ain't the guy or two is the guy. We listen to him. You have to, man. Can I tell you why I, I – when Mike McDaniel's name came up, I was like, that sounds even crazy. Peterson. I'll give I'll give Peterson credit. If he comes in and says he is or isn't the guy, right. I would believe in Peterson. I just don't my issue with Peterson is behind the scenes the level of toxicity he let the Carson Wentz. But you're worried about the same thing happening on offense. No, I just need him to be more of like like Carson Wentz was clearly toxic to that situation. He needed to get him out of there and he didn't. And you also look at Peterson. The other problem is he was so offense focused that the defense started to regress under his watch. Right. So speaking of Mike McDaniel, I think, um, cause I know they brought him in last year for offensive coordinator. This is purely just speculation. And I think it, I mean, applying common sense, I think it would make sense. I wouldn't be so shocked that the reason they're bringing him in is because they really liked him, but Flores didn't. And they're like, well, we really like because because here's the thing: if if he wasn't good enough to be an offensive coordinator, I guess because now he got time to be an offensive coordinator, so they wanted to give him time. But me personally, I wouldn't be. Well, he turned us down. Oh, he did. He turned us down because Lafleur left with Robert Sala, and he was going to get the promotion. He was a passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and they promoted him to OC when Lafleur left. 
I did not. Well, that makes yeah. Sense. So, so he, he chose the promotion in San Francisco over coming to work with Flores. Well, that's a smart guy right there. Yeah, it is. Um, no, but yeah, it, just going back to the Flores thing real quick, cause we don't have to really talk about much <laughs> more, but like, you know, I, I've just been pissed that like, especially nationally that the blame has kind of seemed to where it's like, not like nothing's this dude's full. And like, again, that's where I go back to like the, the bullshit about like him being tough, like being tough as every NFL coach, but what he would do is for instance, I know you, you told I think about this on Patreon is this dude would put Xavier Howard when he was injured against Tampa Bay in a position that he wasn't comfortable in. And then when he did go out there and perform well because of the injury, he'd ream his ass instead of Byron Jones. Yeah. In front of the whole team, bro, in front of the whole team. And that's the thing is like, again, when people say tough, it's like, there's a difference between being hard on your players, which you should be and not knowing how to treat a man like a man and embarrassing them in front of their brothers, in front of their, their, their teammates. Like, that shit does not fly. And especially when you're doing it to your best player on the team, mm-hmm. like that shit flew in new England because Tom Brady dealt with it. So Brian Flores saw Bill Belichick treat everyone like crap, but that, that works because you have Tom Brady who's dealing with it. So everyone else is, and you've won six Super Bowls. When you come here and do that and you decide I'm going to go treat people like that, they're looking at you like, dude, you haven't even made the playoffs. And you're coming out here and treating me like this. And that's where, like, you know, when people say, well, the players seem to have liked him. I'm like, who? All the people on their first contracts? Of course he's going to like him because he's one of the only players that he kept and he just paid him. Byron Jones was, like, the first defensive player, and he paid him. Again, X he did not bring in. He was already here. And who on offense? Robert Hunt. Devontae Parker disliked him so much that he literally liked the post. That yep. he fired. Mike Isicki, nothing. Tua, your quarterback, nothing. Your whole offensive line except Robert Hunt, which they can they can go to, but you know what I mean. Nothing. Yeah. Like nothing from anyone on the team. Jalen Waddle, nothing. And I think you had talked about this where like I think Jalen Waddle even was kind of like done with his shit. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like, I the, I I just really you know, I don't understand why people just ignore the evidence that's right in front of them. I don't know where people are getting their sources from, but it is upsetting. Again, not to say that Greer isn't to blame. I, 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 like you, was shocked that he kept his job, but I'm just really shocked that a lot of people are just like thinking that Flores got fired because he wasn't winning enough or because of two. It's like, no, Flores got fired because he was an asshole and Steve Ross got tired of his shit, period. Well, you saw the stories. One vet said he would walk down the hallways and Flores wouldn't even acknowledge him. Then you got the rookie who tried to come in and talk to him. And he said, if it's about playing time, I don't want to hear it. And basically told him to get out of his office. And, you know, like you got people, uh, you know, people in the locker room saying he's basically unapproachable. So you got, you got people out here on Twitter saying like, well, what is this a daycare? I'm like, y'all are, y'all are the same people that get triggered saying that reason's a clown because he's coming out reporting that there's tension in the front office. And you're yeah. saying a player shouldn't be bothered that his own head coach is treating him like an asshole. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm, I'm confused. Like put yourself in this person's situation. Dude, like people like uh, ask them, do you want to go to a place of employment where you're treated like that? And you're always looking over your shoulder. Bro, I imagine the offensive lineman hated Flores. Cause you could you imagine being a young person at a new job and your head coach sticks you 
Lemuel Jean-Pierre, a first-time offensive oh, line coach, yeah. to teach you? Oh, my God. Meanwhile, the defense is like sunshine and roses. Like, they get they get all the treatment. If you watch, yeah. like, videos of defensive players signed or drafted by Flores, it was like, dude, he would just go on, like, rants Hello, he about how amazing yeah. they are. Jalen Waddle gets drafted, and they're like, yeah, uh, he's a good player. He's going to come in and compete. Yeah. It's like, bro, like, like there's more to football than your little – scheme which isn't even that impressive it's just like covers you added, you, added, you added cover zero like Bro, it's literally just bell check it's just he runs cover zero a lot more and like the titans literally figured it out they're like bro yeah. he literally you know what he did he copied and pasted and i have the playbooks to prove it he like copied and pasted rex ryan's jets defense basically like that's literally what he did bro it wasn't impressive and i said that a bunch of times i was like eventually a team's gonna figure out all you have to do which is what the titans did run like a little screen pass or have like a little rub with your tight end or your running back and like you're home free because if you have a quarterback that just doesn't buckle under pressure which one of the things ryan tanhill is good at is under pressure which i said before the game don't don't pressure him a lot confuse him do anything but look, they sent they send blitzes at him. Just toss it to the running back. He's wide open for, for 30. And that was the first team who tried to screen against us all year and it worked. Yeah. And, and Wilkins said they figured us out. And they and, and they had that and they had that huge gain. I remember they had that one huge gain called back. Remember? Or it would have been even worse. Oh yeah. Well, uh, and, and again, this is like again, do I doubt like Flores' ability to call a defense? No, because he was able to get a job with it. But again, this is why like we're all infatuated with like veteran head coaches or like someone like Jim Harbaugh because I'm tired of having people come in here acting like they're gurus on one side of the football. Meanwhile, the other side is just being completely ignored. Like football's not one by one player and it's also not one by one phase. And your defense can be as good as you want it to. But yeah. you going through coordinator after coordinator, you literally whipped on every single offensive lineman except maybe Robert Hunt because I need to see him with surrounding talent not just him on an island by himself yeah. but like you whipped on literally every offensive lineman in the draft and free agency which also we can put on chris Greer some on him too but according to sources like he had input he had dude i was telling people that flores had massive input months and months ago and everyone everyone kept putting stuff on greer and i'm like no man y'all don't understand how much input this guy has and now it comes out that this guy had like what's crazy is this guy seemed like he wanted more and more power like and it was like you basically had chris greer already as a facilitator i mean you can find a tweet from travis wingfield in 2019 and he basically said he didn't think greer would be back in 2020 and this is in 2019 because he knew how much personnel input Flores had and Greer was nothing but a glorified scout. That's basically, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said in the tweets that I found. And like, and I sent, I sent like EM and a couple other people and I was like, yo, read this. And like, like this guy was just facilitating Flores' vision. This is the issue with Greer. The type of GM Greer's in place, the head coach is so vital. They need to have the vision on all three phases of the football because the GM we have in place, all he is is a facilitator. He facilitates your vision. That's what he does. So we need whoever that coach is to be a visionary and to be getting a lot of these things right. And I will say, like, whoever this new head coach is coming in, like, I'm, I'm assuming if I defend my money, it's probably going to be, I would say, an offensive-minded head coach. I don't know that. I would say if I had to bet my money, it's probably going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like, I'm, I'm a firm believer that defensively, there's not really much you, I mean, I don't know if Xavier Howard's coming back. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but like, you know, if you're a head coach coming in, like you're in a good position cap wise, you have the most cap space draft capital, depending on if you trade away for a quarterback or something, you're going to have three first round picks in the next two years. And offensively, look, Brian Flores made it way look way harder to build an offense than it really is. I'm a firm believer. Like it shouldn't be hard to build an offensive line, like offensive line is one of those positions in the draft and free agency where like, you know, who the good ones are. It's that simple. And you either choose to move up and take one or you don't reach for someone like an Austin Jackson. It's that simple. So I think if you get the right head coach that knows what the hell he's looking for, like a Jim Caldwell, because you have Greer in place who knows how to manage the cap and figure all that stuff out, I think that's probably his best quality. I really think this next head coach is in a good spot because he's not having to start from scratch. I don't believe this roster. You don't need to clear out bad cap space. You don't have to trade away players to get draft capital. You got a good young nucleus. Now you just have to figure out that other side of the football while maintaining what you have already on defense. Yeah. And I think if they do that again, I, I, I do think that, you know, I think I understand that every, anytime you fire a coach, it's like, you know, everyone's trying to jump off ship, but like, I don't think to, to be honest, like, I don't really think the Brian Flores thing is that big of a deal. Knowing what I had heard about him behind the scenes and the toxic environment that he brought, like, I was like, okay, it's not, we didn't lose Don Shula. We didn't lose. It's not like we just lost Jim Harbaugh or Andy Reid. Like we lost a guy who was an asshole behind the scenes and yeah, he won seven games in a row after starting one and seven big whoop would he do? Do we not remember like five years ago when Adam Gase started one and four and finished 10 and six? Like it happens. Like, like you can win a lot of games, especially when, you know, your quarterback's playing efficient and you're playing like low caliber teams. I know it's still impressive, but like, let's not act like, you know, because he did that, he's now all of a sudden like a hall of famer. It's really not that huge that we lost Flores, but it is going to be crucial that we find a guy yeah, that we get that, it right. isn't going to repeat that, that, that history yeah. with him. I agree. So anyways, is there anything else? Like, are you hearing anything before I let you go just for like me? I guess this is like selfish of me. Cause I want like, is there anything you're hearing as far as coaching wise? I'm, I'm kind of shocked. They haven't interviewed Peterson just because I know you talked about, I've the- heard they like dabble right now. That's that it like is that who you're thinking is like the not the main guy? Uh, that I've heard, you know. Um, I heard Dabble. I worry about is is again comes from today. Um, today, this um, morning, I heard this morning, I heard that Dabble is the quote unquote favorite here right now. Have they interviewed him officially yet or no? I just know of them requesting an interview so they haven't got any guys so things could change again yeah agreed yeah yeah exactly right well we'll say i mean dabble does have the history with two and and real quick are there any like I, i will say this a big priority whether people agree with it or not like i do think that you should still be interested in seeing if watson would come here if i've heard i have not i have all i heard was flores you know, change things a little, but I have not heard that they're out on Watson 
or that Watson is out on them by any stretch of the imagination. I've heard that those things have not changed right now. Um, And as far as I, cause you know, everyone I know wants Jim Harbaugh. I have basically, you know, I've been firm on this that, you know, I've said it on, you know, inside the NFL multiple times. I don't believe for a minute that they're not going to check in and dip their toes. The only thing that I think would hold that back if he was willing to come here is I've heard, you know, his wife wants to live on the West coast. And that's like, you know, back when, you know, that's why when we were trying to court him, when he was at Stanford, that's why he he went to San Francisco because she wanted to stay on the West coast. So maybe that's changed. I don't know, but I know that that, that was the big hiccup last time, but I'm telling everyone right now, and you remember when I did, when the Harbaugh stuff come out, even before, you know, pro football talk and everyone come out, I did put out the theory. What if he's just trying to leverage us for money? And, you know, you see the report, that's what they're trying to do is like, well, trying to leverage us for money with Michigan, right? Like I put that out there and now people are reporting that that might be the case to some people. But I think if he wants to come back to the NFL, Stephen Ross will give him whatever he wants to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And what's always made me wonder about Chris Greer in place is what if the target they have in place already has had a working relationship or knows Chris Greer, like a Caldwell or a Harbaugh who said, yo, keep him in place. I'm coming. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it plays out. Um, You know, the fact of the matter is they, you know, you have to go through the process because even if they wanted Harbaugh Rooney rule, right? So, um, you know, it's going to play out. I think we need to have a coach before the Super Bowl ends because, you know, March 16th, March 17th, I forget which date, the uh, the new league year opens. And then in April, we're, you know, draft season. So we're, we're starting to get into the thick of the offseason real quick, and we cannot afford to be playing twiddly dinks. We got to get someone in there so we can start getting the vision in place and put the plans in place to execute that vision this offseason. Bro, I, 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 God, I hope it's horrible. And when I heard like Stephen Ross's press conference, I was like, I really hope he would seriously not. I, I really hope it's, it's, it's not true. The reason true. why people need to realize why he didn't come out, like, listen, well, yeah, last time he got caught red handed. Well, well, it's not even that. It's like it was. Too, it would have been way too soon. Like it would have been way too soon to say, yeah, I'm going after after Harbaugh, because then everyone knows he'll be. You know, he's going to be in line to come here. Like. And people will and people will will point the finger at Ross and said, "You fired Flores for Harbaugh. Like he's not going to do that." So it was too fresh. They're going to go through. Even if Harbaugh is the guy right now, they're going to go through the process to give the optic that they're going through the process. You know what I mean? So and, and if you're Ross, I mean, I understand you don't want to take him away, but like like like, like you said, if he's going to come to the NFL anyway, regardless of yeah. him or not. You're going to do everything to get that guy. Yeah. And I firmly believe. And let me ask you this, bro. If, if, if Jason Lock and Fora reports that they were discussing Harbaugh internally during the seven game losing streak. Oh, I trust. Like, him. Well, why, well, what, it, what, what's changed now? We don't have a coach. There's even more reason to discuss them internally. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and like, I think they will. Not only that, I, I, I know you said about his wife wanting to be West coast. I believe I've heard there's like, enough there's, money, man. There's, there's enough there's, money. There's enough money. Like Ross has never been shy of like he he'll put he'll put down money. 
for, for sure if he wants the guy. And I firmly believe, similar to like Watson, especially how he was last year and this year, like if Harbaugh comes to the NFL, we will be his destination just from his connection. Again, I've heard like Stephen Ross like helped him with Michigan too. Michigan, like, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. that job. So Dude, like, Ross, Ross has wanted Harbaugh just as much or maybe even a little bit more than he's wanted a franchise quarterback. People need to realize that he, he's going to discuss it. You better oh, oh, he'll discuss it. And, and oh. I mean, dude, I know you talked about it. God, could you imagine this roster with the cap space, the draft capital, the next two years with Harbaugh and the staff? And he brings in Fangio. Just bring oh, me Fangio. We're good. Like, like if he brings in Fangio, there's no point of having Brian Flores. Like the defense yeah, is going to be just as good, if not better. Exactly. And exactly. you're going to have a guy that knows what the hell he's doing. He's been a head coach, yeah. knows how to respect people. And on offense, you know, nothing's happened with, with Greg Roman, I don't think yet, but I know you and Neil has talked about this too, because Neil's plugged in with the Ravens that he might, you know, they, they might let he him. He might be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, even if they don't like Jim Harbaugh, when he says, Hey, can you come be my offensive coordinator? You pack up while he's talking to you and yeah, you can yeah. do it. So man, I really hope that happens. And again, I, I do hope it happens sooner rather than later. And, I'm not really sure. Maybe they're they're doing it now. Keep me updated on it. But like, for sure, I'm not I'm not sure like anything's stopping them. Right? Like, it's not like they have to wait to interview them. They could if they want. Well, that's the thing. Harbaugh and Peterson and Caldwell, they don't need to announce it, right? They don't need to announce it because they don't have to request. They don't have to request, right? They don't have to formally request an interview. So right. So yeah, just keep me updated on that. But for um, sure, brother, we'll, we'll cap it off. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure the listeners do. For sure, we we. I, I know from people that talk to me listening to the show that they are similar minded with me. So I know they will appreciate you coming on, giving info. Um, and again, as always, thanks for everything you're doing. Like again, my pleasure, for, brother. For keeping everyone updated. It's really helpful to a lot of us. And, you know, it kind of lessens the blow when we hear something like Florence is fired because we already did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like my, there's one thing I can say, my Patreons at least were prepared. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was prepared for this. I was shocked that it yeah. happened because yeah. uh, who thinks Ross is actually going to do it? I didn't. Like I yeah. woke up and I was like, damn, they actually did it. But I was like, okay, well, I know why though. Exactly. So anyway, appreciate you, brother. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Have a great rest of your night and uh, yeah. hopefully I'll see you soon. You too, brother. We'll talk. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.